All right. Welcome to the Sweet Science of Fighting podcast. Today, we have Joe Spisak. Welcome, Joe. Thanks for having me, James. Excited to be no. here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So we're going to take a, a slightly different approach to this podcast. So usually we're covering a lot of strength, conditioning, or physical preparation style topics. But today, we're going to cover more technical training topics. So do you want to maybe give a brief background about yourself, Joe? I know you're a very accomplished uh, wrestler there, and I've felt that personally too. So <laughs> it'd be good to dive into that. Yeah, sure thing, man. So uh, I'm a Pennsylvania guy. I've been wrestling since I've been four years old. Uh, my dad was a division one wrestler. My grandpa um, wrestled in college and is in the New Jersey Hall of Fame for wrestling. So it's definitely Damn. been a, fam a family thing uh, for me. Um, so I told you I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, which is a very strong wrestling state. Uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, New York, New Jersey, like they're all kind of like top tier states uh, in that regard. And then I ended up um, uh, winning states my senior year in Pennsylvania. I was a four time state place winner, um, two time finalist. And then I ended up going to the University of Virginia, uh, where I wrestled at 133 and then 141 pounds. Um, I was uh, I was a four time national qualifier. Um, and, uh, ended up wrestling there for five years. I did an injury red shirt my sophomore year, whenever I broke my shoulder. Um, yeah, I was ranked as high as number two or number three nationally was pretty much like a perennial top 10 guy. Um, and, uh, I've moved down to Austin to continue growing one of my businesses. And I kind of just started picking up jujitsu down here within like the last year ish or so, and have been having an absolute blast training with some beasts down here. Yeah, man. Austin's the mecca now, isn't it? Jiu-Jitsu is Austin. And, Austin and Jiu-Jitsu together is like synonymous. I had no idea. So I thought we were just in this cool <laughs> tech hub where I could grow my companies. <laughs> and then I start scrapping with some professional fighters and top 10 Jiu-Jitsu guys in the world. We have a couple other D1 wrestlers that are in our group. So yeah, man, there's some tough dudes down here. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. So this, I think this will be perfect as we lead into today's topic and covering wrestling concept concepts for jujitsu. So obviously wrestling itself as a sport has value. And obviously as jujitsu is starting to change to more wrestling based rule sets with things like ADCC, uh, the wrestling is becoming more and more important, but obviously applying just pure wrestling, um, is not advantageous in some instances with jujitsu. So it'd be, I think what would be a good place to start is, the big mistakes you see jujitsu players making in their stand-up game with wrestling, because I think there's a lot of, I think that you've mentioned as well, and uh, Andrew's mentioned at class and things like that around mistakes that jujitsu players make, or I guess to instinctively do that gets them into trouble during that stand-up. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. So one of the things that I've noticed um <laughs> whenever you're wrestling at a really high level and you kind of take that jump from high school wrestling, where you are a big fish in a small pond to coming into college wrestling, where it's like, you feel like you're learning all over again. Like I didn't get my first takedown in a college room for like a couple months and it was just super demoralizing, <laughs> but, but, but a big uh, skill gap difference is in the hand fighting. Um, and that's one of the things I noticed um, coming into jujitsu and starting to train jujitsu much harder is uh, there's there's just less of a focus on hand fighting. And I noticed some of the jujitsu people, even like, you know, even like seasoned black belts and stuff like that, 
they'll get kind of lackadaisical on their shot setups and kind of fall into legs, um, which, mm. you know, w- with, with guys who are good at hand fighting um, and can, can control the ties on their feet, that's like smelling blood in the water for us. Like if we have someone taking a sloppy shot, I love getting people into that front headlock position and then, you know, bullying the shit out of them and looking to score some points from there. Um, so I think that's one of the big things with stand up. Um, and then another thing. So Brandon Gambucci, a guy who's, you know, big in the Austin jujitsu scene down here, and he was a division one wrestler at Duke. Um, he's super dangerous on his feet from like a upper body perspective, throws like lat drops, uh, headlocks, things of that nature. Um, I, maybe it's just the people that I've been training with in jujitsu, but, um, it seems like there's some upper body stuff there that still needs to get worked on because I'm watching Brandon, like launch dudes across, <laughs> across the room. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Do, do you want me to dive into a little bit about hand fighting? What, what hand fighting actually is and I guess what you're trying to achieve doing it. Cause I think when people, maybe people who jujitsu players that hear hand fighting might not understand what's really happening there and what's and what you're trying to achieve doing it because it's it's definitely a skill that takes time yeah great great question so (laughs) hand fighting i guess general principle is you're looking to better your position on your feet and open up angles to score points right so whenever you're on your feet you're in your stance uh, like general rule of thumb is you don't want to have outside tie, right? So if someone has inside tie on you, you're starting to pummel in so you can get inside tie. And what my dad would always say is you're looking to create angles. You're looking to open up windows, right? So while we're hand fighting, you may be doing wrist rolls. You may be faking shots. You may be head beating. You're looking to ultimately get that person in bad position so you can make, so you can get in on legs and, and get a really easy shot. And whatever I was alluding to earlier was, you know, sometimes I see jujitsu guys just kind of, shoot in and get in on a leg and then they really have to go like Hulk smash to get, to get uh, to score points and, and get a finish. Right. But you don't want to have to go Hulk smash and exert all that energy. If you can hand fight super hard, hit a nice fake, hit a snap elbow pass and, you know, get them to the point where their body's facing the other direction and you can just blast double them to the ground um, and exert that energy up front. It's going to be, that's what you're trying to do with hand fighting. You're trying to put your opponent into bad position so you can score points on them much easier. And, and generally also, I guess to add to that, like you hear coaches say, like exert your will, like kind of like force your position, force your positioning on them. Right. Like if I'm really good at, at like a wrist roll, uh, fake snap shot, whatever, um, I'm trying to force those positions on my opponent. Right. Like that, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to bully them into your positions while you're hand fighting. Yeah. Nice. That's- <laughs> is there, I guess, is there a, or are there things that someone who is trying to up their wrestling game, I guess techniques or things they can focus on that are high percentage to really drill? Cause obviously there's so many different things you can do. There's so many different setups. Everything almost needs a setup. I think that's one of the other things. I know that's something I, I do slash did and a lot of people other people do is just try to come in and just take a shot because that's kind of all that all that we know and all that all that we learn through jiu-jitsu is here's how to do a single leg here's how to do a double leg okay and then try and do it when you're actually training but is there are there things that someone can drill to start practicing these setups and, and different things yeah um great great question as well uh so 
I guess my first point to that would be always try and train with the best possible people you can. Like, again, another Steve Spizak, my dad ism is like, you never want to be the guy in the room who's beaten up on everybody for a prolonged period of time. Like you want to be going in and getting your ass kicked. Like that's how you ultimately get better. It's like the iron sharpens iron adage. Um, so, so any opportunity you have to train with someone uh, more knowledgeable than you uh, in, in wrestling, do it because it will be a lot less hard to create bad habits. Um, mm. Secondly, I'll say don't try and don't try and overcomplicate things. Like you know, we all sit down and watch Instagram reels and TikTok <laughs> and watch all this like super high level wrestling and jujitsu technique. When in reality, what has won matches the past decades, right? has in wrestling at least hasn't evolved that much. It's been a lot of the same stuff, right? So find some really good core setups and, and find one, two, three, and drill those over and over and over. And then once you feel really comfortable with them, then start to expand your arsenal a little bit. But I mean, just like off the top of my head, like some very simple setups that you can do. Um, so that comes back to that main principle. You always want to try and um, fight into that inside tie. You don't want to get ear to ear because it's basically just a, it's a position where it's stalemate. Basically you're not going to be able to generate much mm -hmm. offense there. And then, you know, level changes pop up on both of the arms. You can chop, um, you can hard head beat. You can, uh, you can, sh uh, you can uh, fake and snap. Um, just like ba basic things like that to get your opponent move, moving, open up that window um, and, and get angles on them. But like a pop, a chop, a snap, a fake shot, that's all stuff that should be, you know, just be into. You should get 10,000 reps of that as soon as possible mm. and it will make you a much better hand fighter. How much of that have you drilled to shadow wrestling as well? Is that something that you have found valuable with that? Yeah. So shadow wrestling in terms of just kind of on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Like we would do a lot of visualization stuff and shadow wrestling mm. and it's always like a good uh, post-practice uh, cool down to keep the sweat going too. And a lot of my shadow wrestling is um, just like good level change. Um, just setting up shots. I like to get fancy sometimes and hit a little duck <laughs> under, look fresh. Um, I'll hit some low leg stuff and kind of drop to that. Um, and then a lot of uh, my shadow wrestling too will just be uh, sprawl and practicing my sprawl and spinning out. Um, mm. And uh, then also just adding in fake stuff there as well. So it's, it's tougher to do some of the more advanced setups in there, but it's definitely something yeah. you can start wor working into your arsenal. And, and honestly, the, just the more you can get used to being in your stance here, the longer you can stay there, the more you can level change. Um, it will just make your hand fighting better overall because you don't get as tired and you won't, you won't succumb to putting yourself in bad position. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I've noticed when I was doing a, a lot of shadow wrestling in preparation for some comps a while ago. Man, your lower back and stuff, if you're not uh, conditioned, your lower back and your legs take a beating just doing, like, say, five minutes of it compared to if you're doing five minutes of something else. It's, it's another level. Yes, 100%. You'll see dudes start fading in the third <laughs> period, and then they start standing up and, and just – leaving mm. themselves wide open to get picked apart. So that's why it's so good to shadow wrestle and, and train like stance motion like that, because it's such an important part of wrestling is good position. Good position will always win in wrestling. Yeah. That's, that's something that, that I know that I know you've taught and I know Andrew teaches as well um, with the wrestling side. I guess it's one of those wrestling concepts too with around positioning 
that I'm trying to bring into my game because as I mentioned before, just shooting from no setups and stuff like that, it doesn't ever, <laughs> it doesn't ever end, end well. So maybe a little more on, on the positioning side with this. Obviously you mentioned that the hand fighting, but is there anything else outside of the hand fighting that you're trying to do to set yourself up with, uh, I guess, successful takedowns, successful shots or anything like that? Yeah, so I noticed like very quickly that there's some some of my best shots in wrestling did not translate that well over to jiu-jitsu. Mm, okay. um, and I'm sure other people have had success with some of these shots and I just haven't quite cracked the code yet. But I've found a couple positions that I'm able to bully people into that I feel much more comfortable and have a, a higher percentage to be able to um, find a submission. So obviously like, let's start with some of the, the, the good shots that uh, have worked well for me in the past. So um, just like a nice, nice blast double where you can kind of blast them and, and throw their hips to the side and go right to side control. Um, that's a classic. Um, we've had a lot of success with doing Russians as a tie up, working our way up and then either snapping them down or just going uh, going straight to try and get the back and then Matt return them from your feet. Um, some of the stuff that I haven't had as much success with would be my low leg shots. And one, I think mm. it's because you, in jujitsu, you are barefoot. So I start to sweat a lot. And it's kind of like <laughs> this, the step in the bucket situation, right? Like in wrestling, you're gripped up and you can lower your level and mm. you, can hit a, you can hit nice low legs like that. Once you really start sweating and you're, you're trying to plant and low leg, you end up kind of slipping sometimes and then getting stuck under that per person. And whenever I'm getting stuck under people, I feel like I'm just op getting opened up to guillotines and darts chokes and like things of that nature. So any, I've tried to almost completely cut out um, scrambling and, or, or getting under people and getting stuck in this position down here where they have a front headlock or, or they're on top of me. Cause gotcha. I just don't, don't feel great in that position, but um, doubles have been working great. Upper body throws, headlocks where you can go straight to side control and then um knee knee pulls and outside leg sweeps have been working really well too you're on the corner and then you can sit them down and go side control from there gotcha. that's it yeah that's, that's funny you mentioned about the sweating because that's something that, <laughs> that becomes a, i guess uh a pain in the ass when you start to, to set things up and you kind of keep your footing do, do you have any other strategies then when when the sweat starts rolling for setting a lot of things up, obviously gripping and hand fighting also becomes more difficult because things like arm drags and stuff become pretty much impossible in that situation too. So is there anything else that you like to do? Yeah. So I think that <laughs> is when, um, your upper body, your hand fighting, your, your Russians, like that becomes like your really close combat stuff is mm. when that becomes really important. Cause whenever I'm sweating, I'm like not taking outside, shots and really trying to like pop off on people and like use use my speed yeah. and agility i'm trying to kind of systematically work myself inside and and get to stuff that i know i'm not gonna have to worry about slipping off um yeah but th that's always a tough one like in freestyle wrestling which is uh one of the two types of olympic wrestling so there's freestyle mm -hmm. and there's greco greco's upper body so they wipe you off in between periods so in between periods you come <laughs> off they tell you off and then before you're allowed back on the mat, the ref basically feels you and makes, make sure you're dry because they don't want slippage. So yeah. Oh, well, it's <laughs> not going away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I don't know if you've had much, uh, experience with it, with an MMA because are there, if you have, are there any other concepts that are 
apply over to MMA well, or that is similar to uh, wrestling concepts for jujitsu? Because I'm assuming, except you're not really hand fighting MMA, you're obviously setting up with different strikes and things like that. So is there any concepts that you've found that may transfer over well there? Yeah, so I am by no means the MMA expert. Love to watch it. Um, did do a fight whenever I lived in Chicago. Uh, it was like an amateur fight, uh, like bar fight. Got a couple of G's to do it, but uh, it was kind of exploring if that could be a career choice for me at the time and uh, realized that that just wasn't really me. Like, I really enjoyed it, but, like, if you want to be a top-tier fighter, it's a full-time job, you know, and I was yeah. having success in other areas of my career, and I decided that, uh, that's why I'm really happy I found jujitsu because I feel like it's a lot lower chance that you're going to really mess yourself up and, and hurt yourself yeah. as opposed to striking in MMA. Um, but I do have a, a fight on YouTube. Um, and I think that I pretty much went in there and did like classic wrestling stuff, right? Like threw a couple yeah. punches and looked for the first opportunity I could drop down, hit a double, throw the legs to a side, get side mount, and then ultimately try and go full mount and just start teeing off. That's why I see like a lot of wrestlers do that. They transition in because that's what we, that's what we know how to do really yeah. well. So you think about wrestling, like you've got neutral position, you've got bottom position where you're trying to escape to score points. And then you've got top position where you can turn people over to pin them or ride them and get riding points in college. And a lot of stuff from your feet will translate, translate over to jujitsu. A lot of stuff on top, that's been awesome. Um, like, like I rode a ton of legs in college. That was definitely my best position. So riding legs and looking for rear naked choke has like translated over super well for me, but then bottom doesn't really translate over at all. <laughs> yeah. So, and in fact, it's probably a lot uh, of unlearning stuff from wrestling because you do want to be on your back in jujitsu and it's a power position as opposed to trying to fight off there in wrestling. Uh, it's, it's funny. You mentioned about the top position, the pinning. I think it's, um, it's a Khabib's camp and, and Sambo where they talk about pinning a must be where they talk about pinning the opponent on the ground as well. But the idea of being able to pin an opponent down so they essentially cannot escape, for example, psych control. A lot of guys in jiu-jitsu are really good at escaping psych control, um, things like that. So what is it from wrestling that you've been able to apply over that that can allow you to basically pin someone down and keep them there? So wrestling is – it's a lot of things, but body control is definitely – top there right and so just mm. all the years of wrestling and learning not to get in bad position and and not to have someone flip you over or escape or whatever uh translates over really well to jujitsu so like yeah. once we can get on top and we can slow things down and think a little bit more about kind of the chess match behind jujitsu um i mean i i feel pretty damn confident whenever i'm on top uh of someone just like years of riding legs um, it translates over really well to jujitsu, but yeah. Is, is there, are there any, I guess it's a difficult one to kind of explain because it's more of a technical thing that you'd have to, there'll probably be more better to be shown, but is there, obviously being a side control, is there, are there things that, that you do as a wrestler that is different than a jujitsu player might do to keep someone there? Well, it's, it's just different because whenever you're yeah. in, quote unquote, side control and wrestling, you're literally on top of them trying to pin them, right? They're literally yeah. fighting for their life, trying to get off their back. You're scoring points yeah. on them actively. And in, in jujitsu, it's, it's not like that. That's a, that can be, 
it's not a prime position for the person on bottom, but it's a position that people can systematically work, work through. It's like, they yeah. still got a lot of, a lot of match left in them. Um, so it, it's, it's just, it's two different things really. Gotcha. 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 No, that makes sense. And I want to come back to the stand up. So I want to try, try to get this as practical as possible for, for anyone listening and, and maybe, maybe just cover, I know you mentioned you talked about the hand fighting, the setups, blast doubles are kind of like your thing there as well. Is there, are there, if you had to pick maybe a handful of takedowns for someone to drill and get good at, do you have a few that you see as the best or high percentage in that regard? Yeah, are we talking uh, for from a jujitsu perspective, like wrestling, training, yeah. jujitsu? Yeah. So let me get my pen out here and kind of think. So I think there is stuff that there's takedowns that you want to learn early on in your career just because they'll be easier to learn and get good habits set up and they can be your bread and butter. Uh, that will also mm. be high percentage takedowns, but then there's also kind of like some new age stuff that people can hit too. Um, that not a lot of people are doing that that can work really well in jujitsu as well. So I think um, my number one would definitely be some type of um, double leg, uh is what we could put in there and then maybe you could tie it in for double leg but some type of like duck under series um i think that can work uh really effectively as well duck under being you know like you can get fancy with it and you can kind of fake to this side and then throw your arm up and come around the other side and you end up in that claw position behind someone Mm. where it's just an easy mat return right to side control or you can claw and come over top and, and and throw a choke in as well um but it's a really low risk move in terms of if you don't hit it, you're just right back into your stance and you're not really missing anything. So sometimes gotcha. I'll go in, inside tie as well and I'll, I'll, I'll faint to the right or faint to the left. And then I'll, I'll come backside and duck straight to that double leg position. So you mm. can catch people sleeping with that a lot when they're in bad position too. And again, it's <laughs> like, it's not, it's not super high risk if you end up missing it. Um, where you do get at risk is if you try and hit that and you get a little sloppy and you're coming back up, what did you just do? You just open yourself up to put yourself in blast double position. So stuff <laughs> to watch out for. Um, I think after that, uh, I'm pretty comfortable upper body. So I think like upper body takedowns, like, like a headlock. I mean, I've, I'm such a yeah. sucker for a headlock. Like I love it. It looks <laughs> sweet. And, uh, a nice little fancy variation of that, that I've had a lot of success with in college. So whenever people come and lock up a headlock, they come this way and throw their hip into it. Well, you can yeah. do something called called a crunch headlock where you still have that headlock locked up here and you basically reverse your hips, crunch your elbows and then pop your hip like this and you come backside and, and, and it's really, it's really effective as well. And not too many people hit it. Um, so I think upper body stuff would <laughs> probably be like my number three takedown. Um, I guess just to kind of close out some other upper body things that work. So my dad called this like a Polish hop. So you basically have an over under position. That's where you see a lot of upper body happening. You see people pummeling back and forth. It's how you, it's, it's how you kind of hand fight in upper body position. And what you can do is, um, the side you have, uh, the overhook on, you can get an angle, come around and trap their leg and squeeze it right here, body lock, and then launch over top. And same thing, you can end up right in side control. It's a really good way to, while you're hand fighting, get position and launch. Um, and then I think that's kind of like the, the top ones that I've had success with, hmm. uh, w- w- with, with upper body. Um, 
And then I guess lastly, to kind of like just close it out, I told you like not, not the biggest fan of, of low legs because I don't like to get underneath people and put into that front headlock position. Yeah. Um, um, like good outside leg singles, I think can work pretty well, although you have to watch out for a guillotine. Like if, yeah. you're, if you're doing like an outside leg sweep and you're under people right here, I've seen people just sneak in guillotines all the time, which I don't love getting in that position either. And the last one that I, I really love that I hesitated bringing up first um, is a knee pull. It's basically like a lefty high crotch and I lead with my left leg and bait the person into posting. You basically put your hand like this and treat it just like you're throwing a shot put, throw that shot put, shoot in lefty and then come backside like this. So you're bit, you get that mm. angle and you're on the outside corner and then you can use that and basically come right up, take the back or just run, run through them. But yeah, no, that's, that's kind of my list. That that Polish one is actually one we learned on Saturday from Andrew, the where you replace the leg with your leg and basically kick your basically replacing their leg and they're unbalanced. And you're just essentially falling back like that. It's actually quite handy with the, with that over the over under position. Cause obviously find yourself often in those positions, especially <clears throat> no one's going to give you double unders when you're, when you're directly in front. So it's like an, another option there for you. Yeah, no, exactly. That's awesome. It, and, Kudos to the Tackett brothers, man. All of them are are beasts. They're great guys. They're great ambassadors of the sport, and they like certainly know their stuff. So I'm really happy to hear that he was coaching that as well. Mm. And then um, just on the 50-50 positions, so you obviously talked about the uh, air-to-air position when you're kind of both tied up together as something kind of avoid. Is there any, anything else that, that you see as a – like a 50 50 position that if you're in there, just kind of get out of it and, and reset. <clears throat> yeah. I think a lot of that is going to be dealer's choice because some people are more comfortable in certain positions than others. Mm. Like I I've seen some people that I thought were in 50 50 positions and people are just baiting into that because they can start like a go-to series or system from there. Um, but let's see. Oh, some of the 50-50 positions that I get in that I absolutely hate and I think a big learning curve for me has been in like the heel hook stuff with, with jiu-jitsu. Mm. I was a phenomenal scrambler in college, um, diving on legs, like rolling through, scrambling, just kind of like, you know, it's that in-between made-up wrestling, which I really enjoy. But once we get into like a ground position where someone has like a, a, a heel on you and you have a heel on someone else, I haven't quite cracked the code on like that positioning yet. And I'm still kind of working through like the, the chess match of, of heel hooks and, and, and all of that down there. So looking to link up with the tackets and get some crash courses on that. But I absolutely steer away from that all the time. And I think that's where a lot of wrestlers struggle coming into jujitsu and same with mm. MMA people as well, because if someone tries to hold on onto your leg like that in, a, in an MMA fight, you're just going to punch them in the face, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it seems like a technique series that is um, native to jiu-jitsu and where some people that have trained exclusively jiu-jitsu definitely have a leg up, pun intended. Yeah, definitely. You have to come come to Val Leglock class on Tuesdays as well. <clears throat> that's uh, that's where it's at too. Ryan uh, Villalobos, he does a, a lot of stuff. I mean, he explained the leg game in jiu-jitsu. It's, it's, there's jiu-jitsu and there's leg locks. And leg locks is a different sport. <laughs> yeah, and I definitely – I would love to come to a practice there with you sometime, and we could switch roles, and you could coach me up on some of your guys' leg lock stuff because I definitely need some work there, and uh, I'm all ears. 
Yeah, it's great stuff. Now, this, this has been awesome, Joe. We, we cover a lot of wrestling stuff here, but if anyone wants to, to find you and, and follow you and, and see what you're up to, where can they do that? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on Twitter. So at Joe Speezy, J-O-E-S-P-E-E-Z-Y. Uh, that's my Instagram handle as well. Uh, and then LinkedIn to Joe Spizak. Feel free to add me. Um, I own a company called Fulfill.com. I have a couple e-commerce brands. Always looking to network with, you know, great uh, people in, in our sports uh, genre, as well as, you know, p- uh, people looking to better themselves uh, from a career perspective, too. Awesome. Uh, perfect. Now, thanks for coming on, coming on and sharing all that wrestling knowledge, Joe. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, James. Talk soon, brother.